You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. My name is Ahanu, and you're very, very welcome to the Honest to God series on World of Empowerment Radio. And we have Angel Rose with us here in the freezing cold in Oregon. It's not freezing cold, Ahanu. The sun is shining, the sky is blue. The snow is is even melting off the mountains in the distance. Yeah, but it's been here for the last week or 10 days, and we've been in sub zero. It's going to be 37 today. Oh, God. Compared to 20 or in the teens. Angel Rose. If we were in Ireland right now, we'd be in sunny, sunny, maybe raining, but sunny. I don't know that. Sunny if there'd weather. be sunny weather. That's questionable know, as I well. Know. Yeah. Well, look. If the truth be told. Here's the thing. There's no doubt about the fact that we do choose our lives. We do choose. We know we choose everything. We create and manifest our circumstances and our situations. And we're going to have a fantastic guest on today by the name of Greta Murphy, who has written a book called I Chose My Life. But before we get there, you know, sometimes the situations we find ourselves in, we wonder how could we have chosen this? I mean, I don't remember choosing to live in feet of snow. You're not in feet of snow. (laughs) That's because I'm inside. (laughs) (laughs) You did choose it, Ahana. We had a lovely drive from San Diego all down Route 5, all the way down through California. We saw wonderful parts of California we never saw before. We came through the mountains. We stopped at Mount Shasta. We collected a wonderful sacred earth water from there. And we ended up here. We have a lovely little home. Yeah, but Angel Rose were surrounded by volcanoes. I mean, yeah, they're dormant volcanoes. Uh-huh. They're dormant, but look, we could be in the middle of a pyroclastic cloud any day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is what Ahan was manifesting. And I have to say, I think it's your fault because everybody told us who lives in Redmond that Redmond is kind of like in a little bowl and that it doesn't receive. <laughs> Surrounded by volcanoes. It doesn't receive nearly the snow or anything else that Ben does or other parts. And since we've been here, you've succeeded to manifest snow, freezing rain, cold temperatures. I know. It's just fulfilling your own prophecy. Uh-huh. I know. I, you know something? When you say... I'm going to blame it on you. It's your fault. I, I, I accept that I chose my life, but I don't remember manifesting something like this. And, do, you know, uh-huh, here's, it's all or nothing. here's the thing. My blood must be thin from having lived in California for so long. And why don't we choose... Somewhere else. Like, for example, if we move to Australia, Angelos, Australia is the only continent that doesn't have any volcanoes. But it's got a lot of animals that sting you and eat you and kill you. So no thank you. Plus, well, it's no. so far away. I have no desire to go to Australia. Hmm. Now, I could well, see living in Clonakilty, Ireland, or somewhere like that where there's swans in the lake and the town is quaint and cute and it's beautiful we could go somewhere on a mystery tour have you ever been on a mystery tour i haven't i think that would be a lot of fun we used to go on mystery tours years ago in ireland and it was a big treat because you know ireland was coming out of the depression much like everywhere else too at that time and it was a huge excitement around the announcement that the local train the train company was putting on a special carriage a special few carriages that you didn't know where it was going. It's interesting. You had no idea it would change. What would happen when you got when you got where you got? 
Well, you'd, you'd know when you got there. But, you know, oh, before, the only one who knew, obviously, was the train driver. Was the mystery the fact that you were going on a train not knowing where you were going? Yes. Or did some mystery happen and when you'd you bring, you'd bring picnics and things. And you'd, you'd, I remember us doubling up just in case you'd end up at the seaside or you might end up in some uh, mountains place or whatever, you know, you, or it might be a trip to Dublin, maybe shopping or whatever. But you'd go prepared for all conditions and the whole family would go and all the whole neighborhood would go. It was an absolutely marvelous idea at the time. It's since long discontinued. But one that I remember in particular was a mystery tour where we ended up in Tremor in County Waterford. And interestingly enough, that's where our special guest today, Greta Murphy, is from. And she lives right there on the seafront in Tremor. And Tremor is the Irish for Tremor. It's the big strand or the big seaside strand. And it's an absolutely wonderful place. And from where I was born in Tipperary, it was actually the closest seaside to us because Tipperary is one of the most inland towns in Ireland. And Tremor was the closest seaside town to us. So it was a fantastic experience for us to get off, to get there. And I'm looking forward to speaking to Greta Murphy today because it brings back fond memories of that visit to Tremor in County Waterford. And there was no snow. It was a beautiful summer's day. Here we go again. I think you've got a brain group about it. I think you need some reprogramming. Yes. But Greta, though, I'm very interested and really looking forward to speaking to her because she has written a very, very inspiring story of moving from tragedy and loss to, to becoming a healer and an influence in healing others and helping people move out of adversity and tragedy and sadness and sorrow in their lives into a place of joy and contentment and happiness and gratitude. And her story needs to be told. So let's let's, let's bring her, her on. Okay, Greta, we have you on the line. Come and talk to us. Thank you, Anna. Okay, so let me read a little bit of an introduction here to Greta Murphy, all the way from Tremor in County Waterford in Ireland. Greta has been working as an integrated energy therapy master instructor for 15 years and has over two decades of experience in a range of healing modalities, which include Reiki, key massage, reflexology, bioenergy, Rahani celestial healing, magnified healing and access consciousness bars. It is IET, however, that works miraculously in Greta's life. And she has taught it extensively in Ireland, Belgium, Spain and throughout the Australian continent. And there we were speaking about Australia earlier. Greta has received the top IET teacher award consecutively since 2003. My God, she's qualified in things, Angelos, that I've never heard of. And she's an international spiritual teacher, healer and channel of light for the new age and ascension process. And she's the founding director of the Crina Fela Healing Centre in Tremor County, Waterford. And for anybody who doesn't know, I understand that to mean the like the celebration of the heart or the festival of the heart. Her profound connection to the angelic realm prompted Greta to write her own inspiring story, I Choose My Life, which is a revelatory and inspirational work, redefining our life after death experience and revealing our soul's ultimate purpose. God, Greta, you're going to have to explain to us 
what all these qualifications are. You are so, so qualified and so experienced in all these healing modalities. Tell us about how all that began. May I first say that I had spasmodic dysphonia for the past three years, which means it's a strangulation of the esophagus. Mm-hmm. And recently I found healing for it to have geopathic stress removed from my apartment. Oh. So um, I, in a few minutes, I will be speaking perfectly. Okay. <laughs> in the meantime, I would ask you just to send me some healing. Certainly. Okay. Thank you. So how did it all start? I suppose it all started to heal my own pain. And my own pain started, I suppose, in my childhood, or, or even before that. Uh, my book actually is called I Chose My Life, meaning I chose it before I came into this world. Right. And meaning I chose my mother and parents and everyone. Mm-hmm. So my mother was mentally ill, and she used to say to me as a small child, you will never uh, be normal you will never grow, you will never get married, and you will never have children. Gosh. So she used to say that while she was uh, drinking alcohol, usually at night, mm-hmm. and she would be in her bare feet. And it would be like a record that I would listen to. So I grew up with a lot of um, emotional uh, nervous problems. Right. Uh, insecurities and so uh, my father sent most of us to board, boarding school mm-hmm. to get away from the household Right. and so in boarding school as well I used to get panic attacks and cry every night in bed and so on mm-hmm. not dwelling on all of that but just to give you a little bit of history mm-hmm. and then as I grew up and had relationships with men in my case, um, I tended to attract men who um, mirrored my mother. In other words, they weren't there for me. Right. Or they weren't capable of loving, and I probably wasn't either. Mm-hmm. So it was really after my marriage ended and a relationship ended that I started to look for healing for myself. Yes. And I started with, in fact, going, going back um, 40 years ago, I started with Transcendental Meditation. Right. But that's a, yes. a long time ago. So I was doing meditation and yoga ever before I came across healing th- therapies. Yes. So the first healing therapy I did was called Key Massage. And Key, of course, meaning life force or energy, because I used to go to meditation where when you were in meditation, you literally wrote your request and handed it up to the facilitator. And after doing this twice a week, I used to float out of the building Okay. I found <laughs> yeah. it was wonderful. And, of course, they said, 
if you can imagine how you would feel if you had a whole week of this. So um, a whole week meant going to Dublin and doing a week. But at the time, I had four children and I was separated from my husband. Mm -hmm. And I really had very little money. But I managed to get together some money and went and did the week uh, doing these key exercises and meditation in Dublin. And during that time, during um, key exercises in the garden at 7 a.m. one morning, I just got a very loud message that my future life was going to be in key massage. And at the time, I was working in a place called IBEC, and it was uh, the Irish Business and Employers Confederation. Mm. And my job was giving advice on labor law and industrial relations. So it started with um, that week in Dublin. I ended doing uh, miraculously. The money came my way, and I ended doing the whole year of key massage. Wow. And that was a wonderful experience, just learning to be in the moment, every, every moment. Yes. So then from there, you could say I was almost addicted to Anything that started with a key yes. or a G. Yeah, yeah. Um, but tell us, Greta, you, these are the, the healing aspects of your life were yes. obviously high points. It helped you recover from the self-esteem issues that you suffered at the hands of your mother and others. But yes. there were other low points. Now, we spent uh, one session a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about alien abduction and this was a kind of an abstract subject because you know we don't know anybody personally who has been abducted by aliens but yet the stories are everywhere now you by contrast your children were abducted and it wasn't aliens it was it was you in happened in your own family and they went missing for six weeks that yes. must have been very, very difficult to deal with. T- tell yes. us a little bit about that without mentioning any names. Okay. Well, it was quite horrific um, in that. To tell you how it exactly happened, when two people split up and children end with one part, uh, if you end up without your children in those days, it meant you didn't have custody. Mm. So I found myself staying in a house with my sister and having been told by the local guardie that we would get your children in the morning, Mm. uh, I found out in the morning that I didn't have custody all of a sudden. So I didn't have the children. So I began six weeks of searching for them. Now, at those times in Ireland, it wasn't, it didn't make the headlines. In fact, I didn't have help from anyone. Right. And I didn't have anywhere to stay. So I took, I decided to go down to West Cork, where I was born. In my rickety car, I had an old car that the bonnet was tied with a rope. 
Gosh. And so I drove down to West Cork and stayed with a cousin hmm. uh, just to um, to steady myself or ground myself. Yes. And get away from. But also, I was going through court cases at the time in relation to my separation. So I had to come back to Cork to attend the court cases. So on that particular occasion, coming back to Cork, which is about 85 miles, it was um, the fog came down and my car veered off the road. I went up into the mountains and got lost. And this was the night before the court case. Oh, dear. So my car broke down and all I could do was get out and try and find my way to the nearest house. I saw a light in the distance, went to the house, and the couple took me in, mm. an elderly couple, which is, as you know, Anna, who is typical of what happens in Ireland. Yes. They gave me my tea, and they gave me a bed for the night. Wow. So the next morning, the man came out, Jack was his name, and fixed my car. So I headed off again down the mountain. When I got to the main road, my car broke down again. Dear. So I pushed it into the side of the road and took up some of my belongings and literally hitched a lift. That was the only option I had. Yes. So I got a lift to the courthouse. And yes, in the courts, they also decided, the judge decided that I should be sent for assessment because my mother was mentally ill and so he was informed that I could be mentally ill and I should go for assessment. So that was another ordeal because my car was in the side of the road many miles away Mm. and um, so I had to hitch a lift to a hospital to get assessed and as I hitched a lift this man picked me up and drove down a laneway and that was a really scary experience because I actually was going to jump out of the car Mm. but he stopped and turned around Uh, anyway eventually it's like everything was going downhill Uh, everything was yes it was really scary wow but I do remember one thing. I do remember that you can only be in the moment when you're going through any of those things. Mm. You can only be in the present moment and just do, do that one thing. Yeah. So I finally got to the hospital and was assessed and everything was fine. So there were many ups and downs really during the six weeks I used to um, go around Cork City and County, knocking on doors, saying, did you see four blind children? Because my children were aged four, six, eight, and ten. Yeah. And so, really, that was futile on my own, but at least I was doing something positive to keep my sanity. Yes. And something positive that somebody might know something. Mm Mm-hmm. So eventually there was another court case and it was a high court 
if I had known at the beginning that I could have taken a high court case, I would have done so. But there was, um, I wasn't informed that. And so we, the school took a district court case, and that failed. And eventually I borrowed money and got a high court in Dublin, what they call habeas corpus, to bring the bodies of the children so they were brought back to me. Wow. So you, so you, so, you ended up with custody of the children then? Yes, yes, got yeah, custody yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. And And tell, sorry, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I suppose I was just going to say that we then proceeded to Dublin Airport, and because I wasn't in the habit um, of uh, checking in, my husband usually did whatever needs to be done um, at airports. Mm. I just waited for the plane, and of course, I missed my flight. Mm-hmm. And it was at night. But anyway, that was just an, another hiccup. Um, Aer Lingus actually paid for my four children and myself in a bed and breakfast and the train back to Cork the next day. Well, now, I don't know if they do that nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Mm. Anyway, that was... Um, it was a, a very good ending. Mm-hmm. Now, traumatic. another... There was another incident, though, before those four children were born. Your first yes. baby was stillborn in 1967, and yes. you you finally found his grave just a couple of years ago. Now, yes. can we just preface that by saying, and I know this from my own experience, that the I, the issue of stillborn children is not at all recognised in the mainstream, and I think women don't get enough recognition or, yes. or credit, or understanding around it. Tell us about that experience. Yes, I, I think, Anahu, I think those days are changing. Thank mm. God. And so that experience, I went into the hospital in London to have the baby. I didn't know there was anything wrong. wrong. Mm. I went into labour and nothing happened. So they put me to sleep and started the labour up again the next day. And I had a normal birth, and I ended up back in a room. And then they came in and told me that your baby was stillborn. It was three, three pounds, four ounces, hmm. uh, due to placental insufficiency. So obviously I was de- devastated yeah. um, because it was not expected. Yeah. And also at the time, I was a devout Catholic, yeah. and um, the Catholic Church believed that if you weren't baptised, that you went to limbo. That's right, and in fact, yes. they used to bury those babies outside the walls of the cemetery. They did. They, did. they were called Kalini. Yes. Kalini. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were actually buried, and um, they were taken by the male of the family, the mother didn't go. They were taken by the men to this um, Killeen. Mm. Now, the Killeen is not consecrated ground. And Killeen were for people who were murderers, who were lost at sea, who had no religion, yeah. and so on, stillborn babies. So these were the babies that were uh, buried in Killeen. 
They didn't have a headstone. They were just buried in the dead of night by the male members mm-hmm. of the family. But that, so that, yeah, that's a horrific thing, though, for you as a mother and for any mother, in fact, to have to go through that th- their baby is not recognised by the church or by their families or by their communities. I mean, it's a, it's a horrific thought. It is horrific. Uh, so much so that I didn't even ask for the, the baby. I didn't even ask to see him. Mm, mm. I can't, now I can't even understand that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. obviously I was in a state of shock. Yeah, yeah. So when I got home from the hospital, I actually didn't eat for six weeks and I came down to six stone. So oh, that's it. So neither my husband or myself even thought of contacting the hospital to ask them anything. I suppose in my mind, as a Catholic, a stillborn baby is worthless. Yes. Because they're not baptised, they were, you know. For years we carried on without doing anything about it. Sorry, you're going to ask. Me. Well, I was, I was going to. This is obviously very harrowing for you, and you know, forgive me. I, I don't mean to dwell on yes. those, those, those tragic parts of your life. But you did. I, I do want to find out how you found his grave on the thirteenth of May, two thousand and fourteen. How that yes. came about, and then we'll move on to okay. the, your more happier points in your life. Then you, you do have, you do have many. I do. Yeah. Um, I always had in my possession a small piece of paper about two inches square that had a phone number on it and it said plot and I took it to mean uh, this was a, the uh, plot of ground, in other words, not a graveyard. Mm, mm. I thought they put it into a plot somewhere where they put stillborn babies. So that seemed to be in my possession. And um, about a couple of years ago, my eldest daughter, Julie, said to me, Mom, why don't we phone that number? But I didn't want to because I had been to um, a a beautiful man in Ireland called Paddy Mahan, who is a child. I know Paddy, yes, yes. Do you? I'm Mm. sure you do. Mm. And he said, your baby is on your shoulder. He was not meant to come into this world, he's your guide. So I never thought of him, you know, being in in limbo, mm. really, at that time. But anyway, when it was coming up to his birthday last year, I decided to find a phone number and to find the number of the hospital. And to make a long story short, I found the details of a grave Okay. And it was only then I started crying again. It yes. was like the grief that I hadn't grieved um, came back up. I immediately booked a flight, went to London, met my brother. We both went to find the grave the next day. Yeah. And uh, eventually we almost had to give up because it wasn't marked. There was nothing to mark it, but they had a number a number was like 12,608 or something like that. And so fortunately, the grave man arrived and he was able to count the footsteps 
and find out the exact spot. Wow, what a story. So that was a beautiful moment. My because God. I brought some flowers and we made a nice little um, grave with the flowers and a plaque. For the first time in my life, I put Julian with love, Mum. And wow. that was a wonderful moment. Wow, okay. I just want to mention one thing. One time I had a beautiful vision of a very bright star coming towards me when I was in bed at night. And I know, and I was also confirmed that it was the baby coming to visit me. Yes. So yeah. when I went back to my brother's house that night, I asked Julian, I said, please come to me again. And um, so while I was in bed, I looked out the window and this bright shining star with a lot of other stars all around. It was so spectacular that I just looked at it for a while and felt this beautiful feeling of love. And then, as we do nowadays, we have to take a picture of everything <laughs> with our mobile phone. Yeah. So I decided to get out of bed, to go to the window and take a picture, and all I could see were the trees reaching up to the sky. Hmm. So well, that was a vision that was given to me, right. especially Now, that's a, a beautiful note on which to just stop there for the moment because we yes. do need to take a very, very quick little studio break. Okay. We'll remind our listeners we're speaking to Greta Murphy from Tramore, a beautiful seaside town in the south of Ireland in Waterford. And we're speaking about her experiences, her harrowing experiences indeed, but how she turned all that around and it created and wrote it all down and created a book, an inspiring story called I Chose My Life. And when we come back after this break, we want to talk to you, Greta, about your book and how that led to its own healing and how it has helped other people be inspired and redefine their lives and find out experiences of the uh, the soul's ultimate purpose and how to recover from trauma and pain and turn it into healing and transformation. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a members-only website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com Well, welcome back, everyone. We're having a very moving conversation with Greta Murphy, and I'm actually spellbound listening to your stories, Greta, which is why I haven't interjected and asked you anything. I'm just in the in the moment with what you're sharing with us. So, Thank you. yeah. Thank so, you. and I I can't help but feel I have to comment. You know, we interview so many people, but somehow when I listen to your voice and your words, I just am filled with just such love for you and I don't know where that comes from but I thought you just you're just a being of love and I just want to express that before we move on to your book yeah yeah and if I could if I could say if I could say also Greta and I don't want this to sound patronizing but 
you have been through so much that I venture to say a lot of people would have collapsed under it all. They they may perhaps have taken their own lives. They may have gone down the road of, you know, pills and potions and depression tablets and all sorts of other things. But you, you took your tragedies and your difficulties and your sadness and you decided to write about it. So do tell us that story about how you came to write your book, I Chose My Life. And what was, what was that guiding principle that led to the revelation that you actually chose all this? Yes, well, um, Anahu, I, I suppose I believe that when still in the spirit world, we chose our, we choose our life. And I know I chose my mother, and indeed I never had any animosity towards her. Mm. In fact, uh, when she used to be in a mental hospital, uh, and when she would come home, uh, she would relate to us the horrors of um, electric treatment and so on, oh. and how her body would be you know, rammed with pain. And so I had the utmost compassion for her. So, um, to when I write, how did I come to write my book? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I suppose starting with my childhood, I enjoyed many aspects of my childhood. I loved nature. I loved to um, roll myself up in a rug by the river and listen to the babbling water and the birds singing. And that was one of the ways I used to escape from any trauma and just connect with nature. Mm. So in writing the book, it was really trying to explain how I turned my life from trauma and drama into healing and transformation. And it was through doing various energy therapies, as I mentioned starting with key massage and of course every time you're giving someone a treatment you're also receiving and seeing the transformation in myself in a short space of time and then going into the office to work and realizing my goodness you know um, everybody is stressed out Mm. and it's so simple to find that to to take that first step. When you take that first step, you can feel the peace within a short space of time. Yeah, yeah. And then that encourages you to absolutely keep going. And even though sometimes it might be three steps forward and two steps back, you still keep going in that direction. Yes, yes. So... And we know from our own experience, because Angel Rose has written a whole online uh, home study course called Transformational Writing, and it really is about the benefit of writing things down. And did you find that the very act of writing itself, I mean, even without uh, the purpose of writing a book, the very act of writing down the issues and the situations and the circumstances and the stories did yes. you feel that that was a release for you? I, I did. I, I felt it was a wonderful, cathartic, cathartic way yeah. of, uh, of doing things. Um, 
yes, it was. Um, it brought me to many experiences, both joyful and otherwise, and yeah. painful. And moving through those, yes, it was very, very healing in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Yes, and also acknowledging myself for what I have done, because sometimes I wouldn't do that and may not be doing that in my life, but acknowledging to myself how far I have come. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. And tell us about your experiences of the spirit world, because obviously from what you, you've t- told us, you have had experience of that. How does that, uh, how does that manifest itself in your present life? Um, when I was writing, um, I know that um, my aunt, who used to be a, a writer in America, uh, I saw her once, but it was quite funny because she actually uh, came to me like somebody who was one foot high in the far corner of my room. Hmm. And that's because I used to have visions of people standing next to my bed. And I asked them to stop doing it. And hmm. uh, just to give you an example, in IET, that is the Integrated Energy Therapy, there is a thing called the Stargate Technique, and that is releasing earthbound souls to the light. Right. Which, which of course, I did as well. Immediately, you heard of what happened in Paris recently. Yes. Uh, yes, and whenever there is um, any tragedy. So I used to do that at part of um, when anyone died suddenly. Uh, if they took their own life or if it was an accident. And uh, on occasion, I've had somebody coming. In fact, one I have seen here in Tremor and was killed tragically. And a year later, I had had to move into the housing estate where he had lived. And I had done the Stargate technique for him as soon as he passed. And he came to me one night, actually with his arms around me in bed. So at the time, I didn't know. It was quite a scary moment. And the next day, I phoned Stephen Thayer, who's the founder of IED. And he explained exactly who it was. And it made sense to me that uh, he said somebody in the spirit world who was trying to contact somebody on this earth but the person on this earth is too stressed they can't get close to them yeah, yeah. too stressed and full of grief yeah so i was able to go to that person and help out and eventually the uh the boy came to to say thank you wow so that sort of thing has happened a yes now you mentioned uh, you mentioned Stephen Thayer and yeah. he, he is the founder of IET and you received a message from Angel Ariel channeled by Stephen Thayer. Do you mind if I read that out for our listeners because it's no. it's really interesting. Thank you. And what it says is in the spiritual journey of life each soul is blessed by and can grow from many experiences. Some experiences are filled with ease and delight, while others are filled with pain and difficulty. To the soul, 
there is no judgment. Both types of experiences are filled with wonderful opportunities to have human experiences and to grow and develop from these experiences. It is the human will that determines whether a difficult life is a barrier to the journey or grist to the soul's spiritual mill. The beautiful soul that you know by the name Greta Murphy has lived and grown through many difficult life situations. She used her strength of will and creative thinking to triumph over difficult life situations and then go on to dedicate her life to helping others to do the same. As her life was struck by tragedy, rather than crushing her spirit and stopping her forward movement, the tragedy served to cleave away what was unwanted and reveal the brilliance within. And this book is not only a testimony to Greta's personal transformation through difficulty, but it also serves as an inspiration that can help those who are faced with adversity transform their lives as well. And that was a message from Angel Ariel, channeled by Stephen Tare. It's beautiful. Very beautiful, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now, we're speaking with Greta Murphy, all the way from Tremor in County Waterford in Ireland, who is an integrated energy therapy master and has oodles of other experiences and, uh, what would you call them? Um, Certifications. Certifications and healing therapies. Yes, exactly. So how can you combine all those? Or when a client comes to you, Greta, do you just choose one therapy based on what they say or intuition in the moment? Or do you combine your therapies? I actually just do IET. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. because it's like a progression. And as you know, anyway, when you're initiated or get the attunements through Reiki, yeah. To magnified healing, magnified healing channeled by Lady Master Corn Ian. Yeah. Magnified healing, IET, you get an achievement in IET. Each day you do basic, intermediate, advanced, and masters, and I also have the trainer's achievement. So all of these achievements work with you no matter what you do. But because I have found IET, healing with angels, to be the most gentle and the most profound because it is a cellular healing. It goes right into the cellular memory of where anything started, whether it was this lifetime or a past life. And because it was so gentle and it's so easy to do, that's exactly what I do every time. Mm. Granny, can I ask you, yeah. I want to go back a little bit to the beautiful message from Ariel. And I want to ask you personally. Yes. You know, if we choose our parents and we choose our life experiences, why do you think yourself as a soul would choose the path of, let's say, grief and trauma and sorrow as opposed to a path of, you know, life and joy? And the reason I'm asking is because... I've also had quite a few tragedies in my life, and it seems to be the way the way I learned, the way I got close to spirit. But I often ask myself, what's that all about? 
You know, like, why did I choose such a difficult, tragic Hmm. life ever since I was young? Yeah, do we have to learn through adversity? Yeah, like, why why do we choose that as a soul as opposed to something else? Right. There are different schools of thought around it, but this is what I think. When we pass over to the spirit world, and we find that we are in a certain place of consciousness. We have a longing to be closer to our divinity. And as we have God inside all of ourselves, we are all part of God. But we can see such a beautiful, bright light that we, we would like to be closer to that rather than where we are. And so... From what I have learned and perceived, we can actually stay in the spirit world and move up in consciousness to that bliss and that more bliss and more joy by staying in the spirit world and moving up very gradually. Or we can choose to come back into an earth school as as this planet is an earth school and we can choose often typical situations, and I'm not sure Angel Rose, if you'll agree with me in this, but if we have any karma to, to a race, that we would choose maybe a difficult life situation in order to balance out that karma. Um, in any case, it would be in order to move us up in consciousness. Right. And also... <laughs> The fact that I know I have chosen my mother and father and all my relations and relationships and my children and so on, it means there is no blame on anyone because I chose it. Right. So it really um, helps, I think, helps others to know as well. When people come to me for a treatment, and they have a lot of problems with a lot of people, work, family. I find it helps enormously when I say, do you know you chose it? Mm. And do people get that straight away or do they? They actually do. Yeah. They actually do because mm. it resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if it's, if it's our truth already, when you say it, it resonates with them. Okay. And now, it makes sense as well. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Now, a lot of our listeners will be very inspired by your story and how how vulnerable you have been with us today. If somebody wanted to contact you who was not near Tramore, do you do your treatments remotely like is IET something that you can do for somebody in Australia or South Africa or South America or wherever yes it is it is okay so tell us how that happens and how they would contact you they would contact me through my website Mm -hmm. which is alchemygreta.com alchemygreta.com okay yes Uh, through my website I suppose um, is the, the best way to contact me because I'm on email as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at learnied.com. And okay. I do distant healing. They can Google Greta Murphy, Tremor Ireland, and they get everything. 
Okay. So oh, there are various does. ways they can they can find you. Yeah. Yes. On Facebook as well. I'm on Facebook under Alchemy Greta. Greta with two T's. Wow. You have a social presence out there too. <laughs> well, so what would happen for somebody who was doing a remote session? So they contact you through your website and, and then just just give us a quick rundown of what would actually happen then. Okay. They would usually tell me why they contact me mm. and what ailment they had, what they would like to have healed. Mm-hmm. And I would write down, write their name, write down exactly what they would like. And I would arrange a time with them. And I, I know from experience that the time isn't important because the time can be moved forward or backward, depending but, you know, we can arrange it a time to. A lot of the distance healing I do, people know that they will receive the healing as soon as they ask, irrespective of when I do it. And often I just text people and say, I'm doing it now. And it is delivered to them exactly when they need it. Some people receive the healing as soon as they ask. So I, I would actually do it on a teddy bear and I go through all the motions of starting at the top of the head and do the whole thing as if it's... I make notes as to whether uh, with IET you release suppressed emotions from the cellular memory. Mm-hmm. And we hold guilt on the top of the head, we hold heartache in the heart, we hold resentment in the spleen, anger in the liver, stress and powerlessness in the stomach, and the adrenals, fear in the kidneys, and so on. I make note of every area because, believe it or not, I do pull out stress and fear and guilt out of the teddy bear as I'm doing working on the cellular memory of the person. I see. Yes, and they do actually feel it, feel wow. the healing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Greta's autobiography called I Choose My Life has now sold thousands of copies since it was first published in August 2014 and in that book she relates her own healing journey from trauma and struggle to healing and transformation and you've now released a second edition of the book that's available also from good bookstores is that something they can buy from the likes of Amazon or is it only available oh it is okay great they can get on Amazon and I chose, I know you pronounced it correctly, but just in case, it's I chose my life, one O. I chose my life, yes. Okay, good, good to clarify that. Well, we'll we'll put a link to that beneath this particular uh, podcast and make it available on our website as well, because certainly... Yeah, you're very welcome. It's been a delight speaking with you, Greta. And you, Anna, and Anna Rose. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, I, I really uh, am so proud that you came on and spoke to us. And as I said, you were you were honest and vulnerable and spoke your truth. And it has been an inspiration to us and I know will be an inspiration to our listeners as well. So let us bring it to a close right now, Greta. We thank will you be very in touch. Much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah, you're, welcome. you're very, very welcome. Okay, all the best and thank all you again. Best. Sending heartlings to you and all your listeners. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
Bye bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.